0: Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor at Grace Valley Christian Center located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the book of Hebrews with this message entitled, The Faith of Moses. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Now, here is our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. We pray that you grant us true faith, living faith. Persevering faith, faith that works through love, a faith by which we live and a faith by which we die. Lord, have mercy upon us. Help us, O Lord, to forsake a fake faith, a phony faith, a faith that murmurs against God and his word. Grant us a faith that delights in God and God alone. One who believes that God exists and God is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. One who delights in God's holy word. O oh Lord, grant us understanding into this great faith. Open our minds. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The suggestion was made to me in order to grow the church by making a little adjustment in regard to one commandment in the Bible. And that commandment has to deal with sexual morality. And if I can make that adjustment, we will be able to attract many people of all ages and all walks of life and all those who are in favor of this suggestion would you lift your hand and let me know that you are in favor of this adjustment in terms of sexual morality but you see that means you are against making adjustments And may God help you to live by that standard which you now accepted. A standard by which you are planning to live. Let us turn to the book of Hebrews to learn of the faith of Moses. Faith of Moses. We are learning from Hebrews 11 the nature of faith. And we are saved through faith, a faith that works, a faith that is active. Moses was a man of great faith. And we read about him that he was a man of decision and mighty deeds. No one today remembers the Pharaoh who persecuted the children of Israel. But Moses who defied Pharaoh and renounced his own princely status and privileges for the sake of God and his covenant people. This Moses is honored by Jews and Christians and Mohammedans throughout the world. He honored God and God honored him. As we read in the Holy Scripture Those who honor me I will honor Saint Stephen The first martyr of the New Testament Tells us in Acts 7 That Moses was educated in all wisdom All the wisdom of Egypt And he was mighty in word and deed We could imagine him receiving A number of PhDs of his day in art and architecture, administration, military science, and theology. Like Saul of Tarsus, God chose for his service a highly educated man. So we want to study his faith. First, of course, is the source of his faith. And we discover in verse 23 of chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews The source was his parents Moses appears to be The youngest of the three children of his parents Before he was born There came a decree from the king That all Hebrew male infants are to be thrown Into the river Nile. His Gestapo agents were all over the country researching and searching for pregnant women or the story of a birth that they can go and take that infant and throw into the river Nile. Satan was bent on destroying Israel whom God had chosen. But we know Satan would not succeed. If God is for Israel, who could be against him? And we are told Moses was extraordinarily beautiful. And it appears that parents, were given some supernatural revelation that this infant Moses would become the deliverer of Israel from Egyptian slavery and therefore God would preserve him. Saint Stephen tells us in Acts 7 and verse 20 that the infant Moses was acceptable to God or favored by God if God shows grace to anyone he is invincible so parents hid him for three months in the house by faith in God and in his God's revelation later he was placed in the river Nile among the reeds in a basket coated with tar and pitch to make it watertight Holy Spirit was guiding the parents and they were living by faith so they acted by faith in God's peculiar direction faith is in God and in his clear word faith is not a subjective hunch. God ordained the steps of the daughter of Pharaoh She came at the right time, she saw the basket, she was intrigued. She opened the basket and at the right time the baby let out a cry and Pharaoh's daughter fell in love with this baby. His sister Miriam was called to find a nurse for the baby. God ordained that his own mother for pay take care of infant Moses until he is grown. And we could imagine how mother and father of Moses taught him about the God of Israel and his covenant to Israel, as Timothy's mother and grandmother taught him piety. Moses was brought back to the princess and he leg- and she legally adopted him, giving him legal rights in the palace of Egypt. We are told that the parents were fearless of the decree of the king. Faith in God overcomes all fears. If you are afraid, then you are not believing. It is that simple. Why would we fear a king when the king of kings is for us? Parents believed God's special revelation to them regarding infant Moses. So they defied the decree. Kill the baby or all five would be killed. Yet the parents did not fear the king. They believed God Almighty to preserve Moses and themselves. They would obey God rather than a wicked Pharaoh. Thus Moses an Israelite by God's design, became a royal prince in Pharaoh's court and grew up there in all splendor and wisdom to become God's deliverer of Israel. Second, the Bible says, Moses by faith refused. Verse 24, Moses grew up as royal Prince in the palace. God's spirit was upon him. He learned about the history of Israel. His parents had taught him the basics of it. God directed him to do further historical research. He learned of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph. He learned of God's everlasting covenant with Israel. He learned how Joseph came to Egypt and became its prime minister. Who saved Egypt and Israel from severe famine. He learned about God's promise to Abraham concerning the deliverance of Israel from Egypt to Canaan after 400 years of their going into Egypt. He learned from Israelites the prophecies of Jacob and Joseph concerning the deliverance from Egypt. And turn with me to the book of Genesis. Uh, to discover what Moses, through his historical research, discovered in terms of God's prophecies concerning the salvation of Israel. Genesis 48, verse 21, Then Israel said to Joseph, I am about to die, but God will be with you and take you back to the land of your fathers. And Jacob says in chapter 49 verse 18, I look for your deliverance, O Lord. And chapter 50 verse 24, now Joseph is speaking. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die, but God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land to the land he promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he discovered all this through historical research. He learned. He was educated in all wisdom. He might have visited his parents, his brother, Aaron, and his sister, Miriam, often for further studies in Israelite history. He might have consulted also the elders of Israel. Thus Moses believed in the God of Israel. He believed in God's covenant. He identified himself not as an Egyptian, but as an Israelite with a clear mission of delivering his people from Egyptian oppression. So when he grew up and became great in stature and wisdom, verse 24, he refused to be known as the royal son of the daughter of Pharaoh. He renounced his royal status. He rejected his palace life, his power, and his limitless wealth. How can he reject his princely status, his princely powers, his limitless wealth? He did so, he did so, we are told, by faith in the God of Israel and his plan for the redemption of his people. To many It appeared to be a foolish decision to say no to the world and all its splendor. To reject its crown which was within his reach was foolishness. It would have been like resigning from the presidency of the United States to preach the gospel of Jesus. Peter also forsook a lot of things. But when you figure it out, it was an old canoe and a used net. That was all. (laughs) Satan showed Jesus all the glories of the kingdoms of the world. Worship me and you can have all these. And Jesus said, no. He rejected it for the glory of God and the cross of God. Third. We are told by faith he chose. Verse 25. By faith in the God of Israel and by faith in his plan for Israelite salvation. Moses chose something else. Not royalty, not worldly power, not fashion, not treasures, not the fleeting pleasures of sin of Egypt. But what did he deliberately choose? He chose sufferings. He chose the people of God. He chose the cross. He chose danger. He chose beatings. He chose scorn and reproach. He chose privation. He chose God's salvation in Christ. He chose eternal life. He chose the city with foundations whose builder and maker is God. He chose righteousness. Number four. By faith he considered. Verse 26. Faith thinks, sir. Faith considers. Faith reasons. Faith is not a leap into into the dark. Moses used his mind. May God help you. To use your mind. And understand what is reality. And what is abiding. And what is eternal. What is glorious. What is God's plan of salvation? Moses used his mind. He weighed the issues. He looked at royalty. He looked at power, fashion, social status. He looked at limitless wealth. He looked at physical pleasures of sin. He looked at all these and also he looked at God's final judgment. Then he considered God, his people, his salvation, his Christ. And he made a decision. He chose the reproach of Christ. Because he understood truly the reproach of Christ was greater riches than all the treasures and pleasures of Egypt. Remember, brothers and sisters... Young people remember what Jesus said. What does it profit if you gain the whole world and go to hell? He chose Christ and his people. He chose Christ and his eternal life. He chose Christ and his heaven. Esau chose a cup of soup. And not Christ or his salvation. Achan chose a little silver and gold. But not Christ and his salvation. Lord's wife chose... Sodom and its nightlife, not Christ or his salvation. Judas chose 30 pieces of silver, not Christ and his salvation. Demas chose this world and its fame, power and wealth and not Christ and his salvation. The rich young ruler chose his great wealth and not Christ and the treasures in heaven. The Gadarenes chose their pigs and asked Jesus to leave their territory. Choice in time determines our eternal destiny. What are you considering? What are you choosing brothers and sisters, young people? Joseph chose to please God and not enjoy the pleasure of fornication. The three Hebrew children chose to die rather than to worship an image of the king. Daniel chose to pray to the true God and so was thrown into the lion's den. Jesus chose to die on the cross for our salvation than to worship Satan and obtain all the world's glories. Paul chose Christ considering all his worldly advantages as dung. Let's turn to the book of Philippians chapter 3 and let me read to you what this great man when God opened his eyes, what type of decision what type of choice he made Philippians 3 beginning with verse 7 but whatever was to my profit I now consider loss for the sake of Christ what is more I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whose sake I have lost all things I consider them rubbish than that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law but that which is through faith in Christ What are you choosing? What are you considering? Upon what are you fixing? Your eyes. Hear the call of Jesus. Deny yourself. Take up the cross. And follow me. The disciples of Jesus left all and followed him to death. Even the death of the cross. So did I and my family. Where he leads us, we will follow. What about you young people? I urge you today to join Moses. Leave that life of sin. And fakery. And phoniness. And pretension. And make believe. Life of darkness. Life of sin. And follow Jesus. Who gives you eternal life. Leave the pleasures of sin for a season to enjoy enjoy everlasting and satisfying pleasures of God. Next, reason of faith. Faith has reason, sir. We ask, why did Moses leave all and follow Christ and his people? Why did he say no to royalty, power, treasures of Egypt? and pleasures of life pleasures of sin why did he renounce this for the reproach of Christ for a life of suffering and scorn why did he leave Egypt that place of ease without fearing the wrath of the king why did he not linger and delay Because he was a man of faith. Because he saw something infinitely greater than all the pleasures and powers and treasures and positions and glories of Egypt. By faith in God and in his revelation, he saw something greater than Egypt, greater than all the wonders of creation. By faith he saw God himself, the God of glory, the God who created all things out of nothing. Take a look at, at chapter 11, verse 26. And here we are given the first reason. Because he was looking ahead to his reward. Because he was, in the Greek, continually looking upon his reward that's the reason number one sir you don't forsake Egypt unless you see something else of greater value in for his eyes were constantly seeing his reward his great salvation his fellowship with God like Abraham Moses by faith was looking forward to the city of God the eternal city where God dwells with his people in effervescent and everlasting joy. And so the Greek text tells us he looked away from the power of this world, its fame, its pleasure, its treasure, its status, yea, all its momentary allurements. And kept looking Unto his heavenly reward of fellowship with the living God. The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. God who called out to him from the burning bush. Moses, Moses. God who called himself. I am that I am infinite personal covenant God of his people God of great power who through ten plagues defeated the gods of the Egyptians and drowned them in the Red Sea God who led them through the wilderness by the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud God who spoke to Moses face to face God with whom Moses engaged in sweet fellowship for 80 days without eating or drinking God, who was his sole delight, to whom he prayed, Lord, show me thy glory. Turn with me to Psalm 73 and let us hear what a psalmist discovered about God. Verse 25 and 26, Whom have I in heaven but you, and earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. What a fool are you when you prefer pleasures of sin that is fleeting. For eternal God. God who declared to him, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. God who is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's reason number one. Reason number two is found in verse 27. For he endured continually seeing him who was invisible. Why did he refuse The owners of Egypt, why did he choose Christ and suffer with the people of God? Why did he leave Egypt? Why did he not fear the wrath of the king? Why did he endure affliction? Because he was focusing on his heavenly reward and because he was seeing him who was invisible. Because he was living by faith. Because he was continually seeing infinite, personal, almighty, covenant God who is invisible. Faith sees the invisible God. And that sight energizes us to endure affliction and follow Christ all the days of our life. What are you seeing, sir? The key to endurance and perseverance is to see God. Those who come to Him must believe God exists and He is a reward of those who diligently seek Him. How can anyone be afraid if he sees God who is for Him and with Him and in Him? So fix your eyes on God. Turn with me to chapter 3 of the book of Hebrews. Verse 1, therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest whom we confess. See Jesus seated on the throne, sovereign Lord of the universe, King of kings and Lord of lords. Turn to chapter 12 of the book of Hebrews, verse 2 and 3. You say you have trouble. You you say you have temptation. You say you have afflictions. You say you, you are sick. You say you have fiery trials. Listen. Receive inspiration and strength and energy by looking to Jesus. Hebrews 12 verse 2 and 3 Let us fix our eyes on Jesus The author and perfecter of our faith Who for the joy set before him Endured the cross conning its shame And sat down at the right hand Of the throne of God Consider him who endured such opposition From sinful men So that you will not grow weary And lose heart What are you seeing? Pornography? What is it that you have put before you? Gold, silver, what is it? Position power. Today people are going to Egypt and say, God is blessing me. And today's Egypt is Washington, D.C. They will go there to get a little job. And then they come back pretending they are in, in the place of power. And they would say, God is blessing me. God had nothing to do with it. Look at Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Turn to the book of Colossians, Colossians, chapter 3. And let's see what St. Paul is telling us. What should we consider? What should we think? What should we see? What should we meditate upon? Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts, set your minds, set your affections. On things about where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things about, not on earthly things. You say you have suffering. You say you have trouble. Doesn't matter, sir. Romans 8, verse 18. I consider. I consider. I exercise my thought. I consider. That our present sufferings are not worth comparing With the glory that will be revealed in us Turn to Romans 8 Beginning with verse 37 No, in all these things All these troubles and sufferings and problems of the wilderness In all these things we are more than conquerors Through him who loved us for I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor anything else in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Look, sir. Look up. Look to God. See God in all His glory and mercy and power and love. Turn with me to Second Corinthians chapter 4 and beginning with verse 16 therefore we do not lose heart though outwardly we are wasting away and that is true sir whether it is cancer or heart attack or whatever else diseases of every kind yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are producing achieving for us an eternal glory that far out them all so We fix our eyes not on what is seen. There are people in the middle of the night, they cannot sleep. So they get up and open their safety deposit and lift out all the securities and they go through it. And then they put it back. That's their Bible. They fix their eyes on such things. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, sir. But on what is unseen, for what is seen is temporary. What is unseen is eternal. Don't be like Lot and his wife who chose Sodom. Go home and read Genesis 13. But Abraham, God came to him and said, lift up your eyes. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim. In the light of his glory and grace. Stephen was being stoned. And he looked up and he saw Jesus. He saw heaven opened and Jesus standing. And Saint Paul... We read in 2nd Corinthians chapter 12. And verse 2, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. And verse 4, was caught up to paradise. He heard inexpressible things. There is heaven, sir. There is transcendence. There is God. Seated God. Mighty God to whom we are going and in the book of Revelation in chapter 4 and verse 1 and Saint John is called to heaven Here after this I looked and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the spirit and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. What are you seeing, sir? I believe there is coming a day when Larry... Flint will be canonized and made a saint in the church, sir, in the church. And known for his great contribution for human excitement. What are you looking at? Gold, silver, Sodom? What is it? Something you are looking at. Something you are taken up with. Something you are appreciating. You are not telling me. There is something... And I plead with you, look away from it, and look up. And look up, and do so today. Finally, we are told in verse 28, By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood. This means Moses knew he was a sinner. He knew all Israelites were sinners. He knew wages of sin is death. He also knew God gives eternal life by grace. By the death of a fit substitute. So he believed in the gospel of the Passover. He obeyed every detail of God's instruction he and his people applied the blood of the lamb upon the sides and tops of the door frames thus the first bones of Israel were saved from the destroyer who passed over their homes in 2nd Corinthians 5 says Saint Paul says Christ our passover lamb has been sacrificed Our sin problem is gone. Our guilt is gone. Our hell is gone. The wrath of God is gone. Rejoice and be glad. We are people of the Lamb of God who died for our sins. So we are saved from destruction and saved for God. So let me ask you this question. What about you sir, young girl? I know what you are doing. Young man, I know what you are doing. In secret, young man, young girl, old people, middle-aged people, what about you? Have you believed the gospel like Moses? Have you renounced the glories of this world to follow Jesus? A man is known by his choice. Have you considered and chosen Christ and his people? Have you left Egypt for the heavenly Canaan or are you still lingering in the world Elijah asked the question how long you halt between two opinions if Jehovah is God serve him if Baal is God serve him no more indecision what are you fascinated with God or the world I want to read to you what Saint Paul Has told us in 2nd Corinthians chapter 6. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers who pretend they are believers when they are not believers. People just say they are believers. And I examine and they are not believers. I bring the Bible to them. They don't want the Bible. They want me to change sexual morality a little bit. Then they will come in droves to the church. But you told me. Don't do it. Don't be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? You are the light of the world. The salt of the earth. You are different, sir. Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate. Says the Lord, touch no unclean thing. And I will receive you. I'll be a father to you. And you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. I set before you, brothers and sisters, life and death. And I plead with you and beseech you choose life, choose Christ and his holy people. Let us together travel on to our eternal home, the city of the living God. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to do just that. Today, in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio of this sermon entitled The Faith of Moses. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.